Testament. First Kings 6.11. I appreciate the prayers I've heard this morning already in the service to draw the heart of the one who has never become a Christian. I appreciate the music for two different reasons this morning. Because of the evangelism in many of the songs to draw the heart of the one who has never become a Christian to be saved. But also, in the music, we just meditated on God's holiness. That helps to lead up to the message this morning. We seem to sometimes think that the morning sermon always needs to be evangelistic. It's the time, the best time to reach the lost. But there again, Christians need to be taught at all times throughout God's Word. And this message is to the Christians this morning. You know, in years past, the message could have nothing to do with the subject of salvation, yet someone would come forward and be saved because everyone knew about the gospel. They knew if they had rejected Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior or whether they've received Him yet. I pray that as the gospel still goes out, you may still be in the same condition today, knowing your need to be saved. And that, but as for Christians, we're going to share 1 Kings chapter 6, verses 11 through 14. I say that it's for everybody. And, and God's Word is, is doing things far beyond what I understand that it's doing. But this is the message on my heart for this morning. Service is not singular. Starting in verse 11, it says, And the Word of the Lord came to Solomon, saying, Concerning this house which thou art in building, if thou wilt walk in my statutes, and execute my judgments, and keep all my commandments to walk in them, then will I perform my words with thee, which I spake unto David thy father. And I will dwell among the children of Israel... And will not forsake my people Israel. So Solomon built the house and finished it. We're jumping right into a very great act of service. An amazing privilege that was given to Solomon to be able to build the house of God. To build the structure of the house of God. As we know, David, Solomon's father, wanted to be the one to be able to do that. But he had shed too much blood and the opportunity passed from him and it passed on to Solomon. Solomon got the okay to build the house. And as the task of building this house, this work for God that Solomon was doing, as it seems to be wrapping up in the task he is, he is up to here, he receives a word straight from the Lord. Now, I'm not sure if this word came through the prophet Nathan, just as he had received a word from Nathan before. It could be at this time that Solomon received the word of the Lord in a dream. Because at the time before the Bible was complete and given to us, the Lord spoke in that way to His people. But nevertheless, the Lord directly gives a word to Solomon here in His service. 
And it's a word that you and I can benefit from just as well. This word this morning is going to help you and I to be able to see what kind of service pleases God. There's a certain type of service and certain things that go along with serving the Lord that makes it very pleasing to Him and brings blessings upon our lives. So let's simply start out in the beginning with looking at this service to God from Solomon. We see that the word of the Lord came to him concerning this house which thou art in building. We've got to stop right there. And we cannot miss how uplifting and how encouraging it is that as you and I serve the Lord, maybe others do not appreciate it. Maybe others neglect it. Maybe others expect the service that you do. But as we serve the Lord, He sees the work that we are doing for Him. He is acknowledging to Solomon the things that he knows Solomon is doing in his name for his glory. How encouraging is it for us to know that God always sees everything we're doing. The intent and the heart that we do it with, how exhausting we might get, how discouraged we might get in the work, but He sees it. And He's collecting great things for us in heaven one day. He acknowledges the work that you do in the Lord. Never let that go from your mind. Always keep that in view. He has seen the work of Solomon the whole time. In one way or another, God always encourages His people in the work that they're doing for Him. It might, that encouragement might come from a fellow servant. It might be someone right alongside you that's serving as well. The one that is going to be greatly able to appreciate what they see you doing is the one that's doing work themselves. So isn't it wonderful that fellow servants of the Lord can come together and to encourage one another. But it might not be just a fellow servant or one at all. It might be something that transpires in a situation in an event where you are serving the Lord. We are not going to see the result of many things that we do. We're not going to know the effect that has taken place in many things until we get to heaven. But isn't it sweet whenever we get to see the fruit of some work that has been done that God has used us and given us the privilege to be a part of. So it may not just be a fellow servant. It may not just be a situation. You can always count on encouragement coming to you, Christian, throughout the Scriptures. There is Scripture that will keep your head up, that will keep you going, that will keep you from ever quitting in the Lord's work. Galatians 6, 9 has been on my mind all week long. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Keep your eternal future in sight and never give up in the work of the Lord. Don't you know there are many things that will try to come against you and cause you to give up? There were two frogs. 
and they were in a bowl of cream. And can't you can you picture it? Two frogs in a bowl of cream. Can you imagine how how fast those legs are swimming? I'm going to get up. I'm going to get out of here. And those frogs are, are swimming in that cream. And they're trying to go up the sides of this bowl. And they slip back down. And they go back out of the end. And they're going up. They're trying to go up the side of this wall on the bowl. And it's slippery. And they just keep sliding back down. They're getting tired. They're getting worn out. And as sad as it is, one frog gives up. And he just slips down below the surface of the cream. And he's gone. The other frog says, not me. Not me. I'm going to swim. And I'm going to swim. And I'm just going to believe that something good is going to happen. I'm going to keep on. And I'm not going to stop. He keeps swimming. And his legs start churning. And all of a sudden, this cream has become a nice mound of butter. And the frog gets on that butter and jumps out of the bowl. Isn't it wonderful that no matter what things seem to be, no matter what seems to be in sight, if we keep on faithfully in the Lord, if we don't give up, we can expect great things to come in our service to Him. How exciting is it that you and I might be able to serve the Lord. How exciting is it that no one is left out of service to the Lord. Everyone has an opportunity and the ability to serve the Lord. Not one person in this room is going to be excluded from what we're about to share. Because I tell you what, God uses ordinary people in His service to Him. When Paul spoke to the church at Corinth, it was in the very first chapter that Paul told them that God God hath chosen the foolish things and the weak things and the base things of this world that they might serve Him so that no flesh will glory in His presence. There are a lot of intelligent people. There are a lot of skilled people that are able to use their intelligence and use their skill to serve the Lord. But if we think we or we do not see what intelligence, what skill, what ability we have, that doesn't matter. Because the Lord uses people on all levels. He uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. As a matter of fact, though the intelligent, though the skilled can work for the Lord and do things for the Lord... Not all of them can. Not all of them can successfully because they're going to take the glory for themselves. But the weak and the base and the foolish things of this world, God's going to get the glory. And that is exactly what His focus is in using us to serve Him on this earth is that He might get the glory. So every single one of us, all the ability we need is availability. And God will use us. And God will use us greatly. So therefore, the ordinary can serve the Lord. But not only can the ordinary serve the Lord, the aged can serve the Lord just as well as anyone. It might be in a different way, but the aged can. The 92nd Psalm speaks of being anointed with fresh oil and bringing forth fruit in old age. The aged can serve the Lord. There was a preacher in ministry for many, many years 
and he became discouraged. He didn't seem to see the visible fruit of all of the labor that he had put in in the Lord. And he thought maybe it was his time to do something else. And he was praying to the Lord about it. And as he was praying over a period of weeks, all of a sudden someone invites him on a mission trip to India. And pretty quickly he says, yes, when you've been praying and your heart's prepared, you can read the Lord pretty quickly. India? Yeah, I'll go. A friend said, are you sure you want to do that with your age and your health? He said, India is just as close to heaven as America. Why not? I'm going. So he gets ready, plane tickets, plans, everything's in advance with this fellow that invited him. He goes to the airport alone. True story. The fellow that invited him, the missionary that invited him, plans changed. He couldn't go. This preacher, this American preacher goes to the airport anyway, and he's headed for India. He gets to India. No one's expecting him. He gets the address of a missionary that he had heard of out of a magazine, and he goes up and he shows up on his doorstep, knocks on the door. The missionary opens the door. He tells him his story. missionary has no idea what to do with this man. He invites over a few other missionary friends. They sit and they talk. And this American preacher says, I want to go see the mayor of Bombay. <laughs> the laughs came. There's no way you're going to get in to see that mayor. No, no one, a Christian's not going to get in to see that mayor. It's not going to happen. So he took their advice and he went to see the mayor of Bombay. Those below him that, that greeted him before they could get to him saw this man. He was very tall with white hair and distinguished, they just immediately thought he was sent by the President of the United States. He was a representative from America, from the White House. They led him right in to see the mayor. Not only that, they threw a reception for him. And he got to speak. Not only did they throw a reception and he got to speak, but he got to share his personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ being saved from his sins. He's a child of God. Hallelujah, I'm going to heaven is what he got to tell India. Guess what happened then? Not what you expect. He got to speak again. And they invited more people. And he was approached afterward. Can you come speak at my college? Can you come speak at my military school? And he did. This man, this is this man in his 70s. And he's over here in India. And all of these things are happening. He started, of all things, a Chinese church. He went to Hong Kong and did the same thing. He went to Egypt and the Middle East and was involved in constant mission work for 14, 16 years. From 72 to 88 years old, he had a speaking engagement planned one night. He had just finished some mission work in the morning time, and he stopped by the hotel to catch a nap. And the Lord took him home. Busting the tape at the finish line. Serving the Lord. And this, this is an outstanding statement that he made. 
He was doing what he was doing with an energy like he had never experienced and felt before. Look, service for the aged may come in different ways or in a different story than that, but everyone can serve God. The ordinary can serve God. The aged can serve God just as well as anyone else. No matter what hindrance tries to come over the people of God, God has somewhere and some way for you and I to be able to continually serve Him. Service to the Lord is so simple in so many ways. After one gets saved, we remain here on earth that we might live for God's glory. That His gospel might be known. That a light may shine from us that only can come from heaven. And we can work for the Lord here. He has all of this in mind for us. Service can be so simple. Are you ready to serve the Lord? Are you ready to serve the Lord? Service can be so simple, but in another way, there's something very important that must accompany our service in the Lord. The Lord didn't just commend Solomon for his service, but He gave a command in His service. And this command has to do with obedience to God. We had a missionary here a while back with a translator. And the phrase I recall that he probably said more than anything else that he said throughout his speaking of his work is obedience to God. We should obey the word of the Lord. We should be obedient to the Lord. Obey the Lord. Do what the Lord says. Obedience, obedience, obedience. I kept hearing that here. Solomon hears this from the Lord. As the Lord has acknowledged His service and His work, now in the second part of verse 12, I invite you to see what the Lord has in store for us after He acknowledges His work. He says, If thou wilt walk in My statutes and execute My judgments and keep all My commandments to walk in them. As if to say in everyday terms, Solomon, you're doing very well in your service. You must do well in other matters also. There's a call to obedience in service. Solomon has been encouraged in the work of God, but he's discouraged on resting on his work for God alone to be able to please God. It cannot be just on service. Solomon may have built the house of God. Solomon may be in the house of God. And where that constitutes a necessity for you and I to be able to worship, that's not the complete worship of God. God calls Solomon to obedience as being more important than service. Do you remember what was said to King Saul? 
to obey is better than sacrifice. A mother got up early one morning and she went out back and she painted the stair rails to the stairs that go out the back door of the house. Did a beautiful job, got it painted up real nice, went back in, anticipated her son to wake up and knew how he would like to go in and out the door a hundred times a day as he played. So the first thing she said to him when he rolled out of bed was, Son, I need you to use the front door when you go in and out today, at least for the first few hours, because I've painted the handrails on the back steps, and they are wet, and I don't want you to mess them up. Okay, Mom. So he eats his cereal, he gets ready, and and he's ready to go out and eat, and guess where he starts heading? For the back door. And he's headed out the back door and the mother says, Son, I need you to stop and I need you to go out the front door because those rails are wet and I don't want you to get them messed up. Come go out the front door. What does the son say? I'll be careful, Mom. You know what Mom said? I don't want your carefulness. I want your obedience. Okay? The Lord has called you and I to the importance of obedience in our service To Him, to go through the motions, dear friends, of doing something for God. To go through the motions, but not obeying the Lord's Word in our lives. I don't know what else to call it, but a dead-end road. Maybe a dog chasing his tail. I used to work with someone, and this person had a really good mama that really knew the Word of God really well. And it rubbed off on her. If she heard something around the job site that was inaccurate about God, she would boldly speak up and correct the person about what they said was wrong about God and what it says in the Bible. She spoke of good things that she felt she did in the Lord. She spoke of different ways of service that she gave the Lord. But there was something in her life that was a continued disobedience to God that was deliberate that she knew was wrong. I'm not going to tell you what it is because you and I can fill in the blanks. Maybe it will be with an issue in our life. I don't know. But she went on to say... I know that I'm doing this, but I know that I also do this and I serve Him and and I aim to please Him in other ways. To desire to serve the Lord, but to hold back obedience to the Lord. To be in such a matter is to practice religion in the negative sense. It's a pattern of what the false religion is in the world today that will do good. And and there's going to be some bad, I know, but God will weigh it out and decide. That's a lie from the devil's hell. And that's false religion. And the born-from-above Christian can practice the very same thing, desiring to serve the Lord, but not be obedient to the Lord with their lives in their lifestyle.
It's practicing the false religion of this world to do that. I would say about this that it's one step forward and two steps backwards if there is service but not obedience, but that's not the truth. It's every step backward if there is no obedience in our service to the Lord. And look, This requirement is going out to Solomon and it's not for Solomon to just give it up and say it's useless and I quit and not continue to serve the Lord. It's not to stop someone in their work of the Lord. It's for them to be sensitive that you're loving God in your service to the Lord and to service to Him is guiding your life. It's important that your life and your lifestyle be guided as you serve Him. And that both be there, the service to the Lord and the obedience to the Lord. He's not trying to drive anyone away from God's work, but drive our lifestyle the way we live while we are doing so. Solomon got to build a house for God. We've had the privilege, in whatever way, of being a part of the structure of the house of God being built here. I hope He loves it. I hope He's pleased with it. I hope He's comfortable here. I tell you what, the most important way, the number one way, that children of God are going to make the house of God comfortable for our God to be in and lead us here is by obedient lives to Him, welcoming Him in in our midst and leading us here. It's going to be the obedience that is going to bless our God. Worshippers welcome God with delight in here by obedience to Him. It's greater if the lives are obedient above the service that we try to do. I'll say this. The real test for the Christian is not just work or activity. There's a lot of people that, that you won't see for a long time, but, but come vacation Bible school, they will come in and they will work so hard, I get tired just watching them. The real test, I wouldn't say, is work and activity. The real test before us is obedience to the Lord. Obedience to the Lord when we're tempted to go astray. Obedience to the Lord when no one else is looking. Obedience to the Lord when no one and nothing is around. And and if your mind's not on God, you would say to yourself, no one would know it. Obedience to the Lord when no one else is looking. Obedience to the Lord when difficulties and disappointments start to pile up. Twofold process here. Service to the Lord and definitely without excluding obedience to the Lord. Let's look at the blessings from the Lord now, starting at the end of verse 12. Let me go ahead and read that all over again. 
Let's bring this all together. And the word of the Lord came to Solomon concerning this house which thou art in building. If thou wilt walk in my statutes and execute my judgments and keep all my commandments to walk in them, then will I perform my word with thee, which I spake unto David thy father, which is speaking of an everlasting kingdom. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will not forsake my people Israel. Did you catch that? Solomon's obedience or lack of obedience is going to have an effect on all the children of Israel. Whatever he chooses in obedience is going to be an effectiveness on someone else. And by the way, it was. After Solomon's reign, Rehoboam his son took over for Solomon in reigning. And a portion of the control of Israel was lost from Rehoboam. And it had nothing to do with Rehoboam. It had to do with some disobedience on Solomon's side. Before he came along to serve. It's the same way with our lives. What we do always affects others. I don't guess there's any better analogy than the chains. The links in the chains. Every link can be very, very strong. But you know what happens when one link gets rusty. And one link breaks in two. And one link is too weak. It affects the whole thing. I'm not perfect. I have my issues, my faults, but I tell you what, I've, I've learned and still learning, but am learning about causing another to stumble. That's one thing I do not want to do. I can't be a people pleaser in my position. That would end up in a disaster. However, I do not want to unnecessarily offend any of my brothers and sisters in Christ. May I, I hope I'm never a burden to you, but a blessing. And I hope that we all want to be the same way to one another because it is so clear to see in the Word of God that our lives are going to affect another. The membership in the Lord's church, being a member of the church, brings about such a great responsibility. We can rely on our great God to help us through it, but it's a great responsibility for the spiritual well-being of the Lord's church. And everyone is involved in it. And every one of us have an effect on someone else in some way. Our faithfulness to God, or lack thereof, can affect the children of God around us. That we say and believe that we love so much. It's clearly seen here how we might receive blessings from the Lord or be rejected from some of the blessings of the Lord. Let me say this. Let me stop right here and say 
that concerning the blessings of the Lord, they are not earned. Last Sunday morning, we talked about the precious promise of God to provide our needs as long as we're in His will. God's promises are not earned. God's blessings are not earned. But they are down a certain path. They are down the path of God's will. You receive the blessings of God and the promises of God down the path of His very will. So there's no earning here, but we see how blessings might come and how we might not have those blessings and how another might not have blessings because of us. Our lives affect others. What we do matters. When Paul went to Thessalonica, he talked about how he preached the gospel among them. But not only that, he said, you know what manner of life we had among you. There's an old saying, and people used to pray it for me a lot when I'd go to Bible conferences or, or preach in church on Sunday. And they would say, may we remember the message and forget the messenger. Just hide him behind the cross. And there's a lot of truth to that in a lot of ways. But according to what Paul said to Thessalonica, the messenger matters in it as well. And all of our lives matter one to another. So that we might give service to God, that there might be obedience to God, and there might be the blessings of God. There, there are no blessings for the server that doesn't obey the Lord's commands in their lives. So let us serve, let us obey, and let us be able to receive the blessings and our brothers and sisters receive the blessings in the Lord. I don't know what song Tim has planned for the invitation, but I want to read the words of one that we share often. Goes well, trust and obey. Would, would you listen to these words? There's good teaching in them. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still. And with all who will trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise. Not a cloud in the skies. But his, smilk, his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt or a fear. Not a sigh nor a tear. Can abide while we trust and obey. Not a burden we bear. Not a sorrow we share. But our toil he doth richly repay. Not a grief nor a loss. Not a frown or a cross. But is blessed. If we trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of His love. Until all on the altar we lay. For the favor He shows and the joy He bestows. Are for them who will trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet we will sit at His feet. Or will walk by His side in the way. What He says we will do where He sends we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. If you're here this morning and you've never become a Christian, there's, there's a terminology, there's a couple of words you'll find throughout Scripture. And it's obey the gospel. 
It was Jesus who obeyed the gospel, okay? The gospel is the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for our sins according to the Scripture. What it means for you and I to obey the gospel, that word obey means to render submissive acceptance. In other words, accept the gospel. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I know there's a movement in the minds today that someone wants to get into a church and to do something for the Lord and and they might miss God's eternal salvation. He wants to save you before He sanctifies you for service. Have you ever trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, not for a better life, not because you want to be able to do good, not to serve in the church, but to be saved from your sins? with the sin debt of death that Jesus Christ paid for you. Would you obey the gospel? And then we'll get into serving the Lord and obeying Him while we serve so that our service will count. But will you be a count in heaven? When the roll is called up yonder, will that count be for you? Will you obey the gospel and trust in Jesus as your Savior this morning? We're about to give you that opportunity in an invitation, and it's your time. Maybe God has saved you through this service. Maybe God is working on the child of God in this service. That, that your service to the Lord would be accompanied by the, by the greatest obedience that His Spirit will lead you to give Him. Would you do that this morning? With, all, with everyone standing, could we go to the Lord in a word of prayer? Most kind and gracious Father in heaven, dear God, we come to you this morning. I thank you for a day of life that you've given us. I thank you for a time in your house of worship that your people might gather together, Lord. And dear God, I trust this is the message that that you have for your people today, Father. We are all in need of it. And I want to thank you that you do not leave us clueless, that you do not leave us just empty-minded to walk through the motions of trying to do something religious for you, Father, but that we would be saved from our sins, that your Holy Spirit would work through us, and as we do things before people, or maybe with no one seeing our service to you, may we be obedient with our lives. You called Solomon to obedience in his service. And you're calling us to obedience in our service to you. It's not impossible because you are going to empower us and convict our hearts and lead us to live for you as we have the privilege of doing for you. Father God, for the one who has never become a Christian this morning though, We pray that they would obey the gospel. The only door they can pass through to you is Jesus. Lord, would one here this morning, or many, receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of their sins? Father, you know. You sent your Son. It must be your Son that comes back in our heart to stand before you for us to be accepted. It's by the shed blood of the Lord, Father that we must be saved, and only by Him, by faith in Him, by faith in His blood, Lord, will one trust Him today. We pray Your almighty power to be moving and working this morning in Jesus' name.